want the money. I want the title. And I can get it because I'm already doing the work. You've thought it. Now it's time to actually believe it. You're listening to Her Next Career Move, the safe space where you'll learn how to stop your mind from career blocking you so you can claim the wealth and work you deserve. I'm Dr. Jasmine Escalera, a career-minded Latina turned Forbes featured coach, and I'm ready to have some candid conversations about how you can build the confidence to step into the career you know you deserve. All right, now let's get going. All right, everybody, this episode right here is going to require your undivided attention because we are diving into the topic that seems to give you the most pause. Yep, it's networking. And when I wanted to chat about this one, I simply had to bring in the dopest expert and one of my dear friends because you need to hear all the gems she's going to drop on you. Because networking is not just something you need to do to get your next job or opportunity. Nope. This is mandatory to get the support we need as women of color. The mentors, the sponsors, the community of professionals who will have our backs. Validate us when we are experiencing toxicity and help us thrive as women of color in the workplace. So without further ado, I am here to introduce my friend and fellow coach, Andrea. Andrea, come on down. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you, girl. And it's so great because not only are you a friend, a fellow career coach, but girl, you a fellow Caribbean too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago. So I am Trini, 100% Trini. <laughs> I love it. I've never had the opportunity to go to Trinidad and Tobago, but it's on the list, girl. I think we're going to have to do a business mastermind trip there. I mean, I'm on object. Anytime I can be in the sun with palm trees, I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'm there. <laughs> I know. You were just here in Florida a few hours away from me. We didn't get to meet, but you recently moved to Salt Lake City. And girl, the cold, the picture. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, it's beautiful. I know. I know. And girl, I'm so sad I didn't get to meet you. Being that close to you in Florida, like broke my heart that I didn't get to see you. But yeah, you know, as a Caribbean girl, I somehow ended up in Chicago for 14 years before leaving and coming to Salt Lake City. I'm brand new in Salt Lake about six months, but the cold here is different and it's much more beautiful. I'm not hate on Chicago, love Chicago. It's still home, but the mountains are pretty breathtaking here. (laughs) Yeah. I see pictures of you just like running around. You know what the craziest (laughs) thing is? Like you'll be in what looks like feet of snow in a tank top. Yeah, that was that blew my mind when I moved here. You can feel pretty warm depending on where you're at with the sun and even in snow. And yeah, that just it breaks my brain sometimes to think about that. But it happens. It definitely happens. It totally broke my brain to see it. I was like, (laughs) what in the hell is going on here that there is snow on the ground? Like not just not just like sprinkles. I'm talking 
feet of snow. Feet of snow. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. It's it's really wild. <laughs> it's really cool. I love seeing your pics. I love seeing you and hubby just enjoying yourselves. You all look like you're just having a ball. So it's so amazing to see you having made that transition. I know a transition like that is not an easy one to make, but it really looks like y'all are thriving. So blessings. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, I'm the queen of transitions and networking, which I know we're going to dig into as we get started. Absolutely. We're going to dig into all your networking gems because I constantly hear all of my clients (laughs) saying that they either don't have a network or they don't like networking. It's really challenging. But before we dive into all of your advice, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us about your business. How did you start in coaching? Who do you coach? Give us all of the details about you and the amazing work you do with your clients. Oh my gosh. So I will give you the abbreviated introduction because I know I'll weave in more of my background and story as we go along. But I am currently a career coach for mid to experienced professional women. So they typically have 10 to 30 years of experience and they help my clients find their best career path. So really that looks like helping them gain clarity to explore what the options are for them and really getting clear on that so they can move forward and put themselves in front of the best possible opportunities. So that's why I support my clients. And I did not expect at all to become an entrepreneur or a full-time career coach to these fantastic women. I had a very um, back and forth, if you will, up and down in circles type of career path. Long story short, I graduated in 2008 during the Great Recession with my master's degree and was blindsided, like many job seekers feel now with the market kind of going up and down. And I had to make a decision very quickly as to how I was going to move forward. As a new grad, two degrees in hand, I was just at a loss. Um, And so I networked in my, my way into my first job and then continued to network from there and moved around over the past 15 years. And I was laid off from my corporate job in 2019, just um, 30 days after getting married. And I went to my brand new husband and partner and said, hey, surprise, I'm not going to go back to a regular job. I think I'm going to go full-time in a business. (laughs) And Jasmine, when I tell you the word entrepreneur had not even entered my world or my vocabulary until about 18 months prior to that, before that decision, That's what happened. I mean, the universe really put that opportunity in front of me. And I connected to several other businesswomen during that time and was encouraged by my career coach, who I'd been working with at that point for over five years, to really um, test out my, my expertise and my passion in my business. And that's how it started. So from layoff to officially opening the business was about six weeks. And that was three and a half years ago. And I've never looked back. Amazing. I love that story. And in all the time I've known you, I didn't know that was the story. And I'm going to have to give (laughs) big ups to Kev because I don't know what husband after 30 days of getting married would be like, sure, babe, do you. Yeah, he's a gem of a human for sure. And um, like many good relationships, friendships, networking relationships, et cetera, it's built on mutual trust and and friendship and really trusting each other in our decisions. So he's, yeah, he's a gem of a human and a, and a husband. I'm very, very grateful for him. 
Oh, I'm so happy that we can give him the props he deserves. That's amazing. It's always so dope to have such a supportive partner. Um, I do have a supportive partner. He actually is sleeping in the corner right now. And uh, just, you know, yeah, he's supportive. <laughs> he leaves me alone. That's great. Yeah, he's uh, the best. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like for you, your business really came out of the roller coaster ride of recession, yeah. layoff, and it was kind kind of like, okay, well, let me just give myself a shot. But I really have to ask you, because as women of color, it almost kind of seems like entrepreneurship is such a far away concept and idea. Did you have any entrepreneurs in your family? How did that come to fruition in terms of I'm going to give myself this, this shot? Were you scared? Did you have any examples? Tell me a little bit about that. Great questions. And Not to my knowledge, no, there are no entrepreneurs on either side of my family. So I was the first. And Jasmine, you and I have this connection as well. I'm I'm a first generation, you know, Caribbean child. So there was a lot of expectation on me as to what path I was going to follow. And like many other first gen women out there, you know, my parents put the expectation on me out of their own fear. They they wanted me to have a path of security and stability that they felt familiar with and that felt comfortable for them. So I did not have examples of that. And that's really the core of my story is I created examples for myself and also put examples in my space through networking to give myself that knowledge, to give myself the expertise, to give myself the opportunity to become that entrepreneur that I am now, which is how I met you. It's how I've met a lot of my other um, really strong other business partners and confidants and colleagues in this space. And it's how I've done that throughout my entire career. And that really is truly the power of networking is being able to have examples of what's possible for yourself when it's not currently in your world. You're not limited by what you cannot see. I love that because we sometimes have this concept of if I can't see it, I can't be it. And what I hear you saying is that the sight and the see and the path doesn't necessarily have to come from your family or your community. It can come from others. Um, And I love that, that connection, that networking. And you're dropping the N word a lot, the networking word (laughs) all the time here. And I love that because you're preparing. You are so preparing us for what is going to come because I know lots of people get really anxious around this. But before we jump in, I have to ask you, I remember I went to one of your networking workshops a few weeks ago. I had to sit in there and I was I was one of the ones taking notes. I was like, oh, this, <laughs> this is dope. Okay, I got it. But I remember you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that you have gotten all of your jobs through networking. Is that true? And how the hell did you pull that off? (laughs) That is absolutely 100% true. So here's the thing. When I started my career, I was clueless like most of us, and I had no idea that I was actually networking. What I knew though, was that I loved to talk to people. No surprise since I'm a coach now, (laughs) but that's just naturally um, a talent and a strength of mind. And I'm a natural connector. I bring people in. I want to make sure they feel included. They feel welcomed. They feel that they are truly heard and seen for who they are. And so I was able to lean into that to boost my career and to connect with others to grow my career. So 
So when I first started, I was asking questions from before I even got a job. I actually took time off from my master's degree. I got permission to take a pause in my curriculum and flew to Chicago. I was living in Tennessee at the time and flew to Chicago because I knew that's where I wanted to live after graduation and spent a week networking. I set up, I signed up for events. I made appointments with people, coffee dates with people and spent one full week networking with people before I even moved to the city. So just from day one, again, I leaned into my natural ability to talk to people and build relationships. And over time, I evaluated and saw what worked, understood what didn't work, and really just started to practice that over and over again. And it kept working. And yes, I have secured every job and every promotion throughout my 10 plus year career through networking. That's absolutely amazing because so many people are out here seeing hundreds of people applying to jobs and still hitting that damn LinkedIn easy apply. And you are (laughs) saying, I actually was able to do this through networking, but it sounds like it really enriched you. It actually connected you to new, not just opportunities and possibilities, but people, it also almost kind of sounds like it boosted your confidence in a lot of ways. 100%. And I'm sure you talk to your clients about this too, Jasmine. And whenever we're doing something new, whether it's in our personal life or professional life, talking to others and practicing that communication, that identity, that new thought about who we are builds that confidence. Because the more you practice it, the more you say it out loud, the more it truly becomes a part of who you are. That's with anything that you do. So yes, for me, it really did just take practice. And again, I was a natural conversationalist, but the way that I was speaking to other people and networking, yes, was a little bit different than how I would speak to friends or how I would you know, speak to my family. But at the crux of it, at the core of networking, it was always that conversation. And practice does help 100%. And we'll we'll get into that more, but I think we need to get into it right now. You (laughs) dropped you dropped my favorite word, thoughts. Yes, thoughts. (laughs) What is going on in your head definitely affects how you do or don't do things in your career and your life, including networking. And I think that one of our biggest reasons why we're not out here networking and bragging about ourselves and putting ourselves out there as women of color is because we have dirty thoughts around it. We have real true mindset blockers. So I'm curious, you said you were a natural conversationalist. Did any mindset blockers ever come up for you or do mindset blockers come up for your clients around networking? Both. Yes. For me and my clients, 100%. And I want to just acknowledge what you shared of the dirty thoughts. I love how you said that. And listen, you know, you and I are both women of color and we support women of color as well. And you know, those dirty thoughts are not always our own. You know, we have plenty of help from from others other and society about what those dirty thoughts are. So it can be challenging to overcome them. And so I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that. However, that being said, if you let others, if you let someone else's dirty thoughts become your thoughts, it's not going to work. So to that end, yes, I and my clients have those thoughts. And mindset tends to be the number one blocker for my clients. And it was for me when I was starting to network because I was intimidated. You know, I was fresh out of graduate school. I had no, well, I had limited, excuse me, professional experience. And I felt like I didn't have anything to offer people. And I had to 
changed that thought very quickly to put myself in a room with others that were ahead of me, but weren't better than me. And I think that's the, one of the number one thoughts that my clients and most women tend to have is they're better than me. And that can stop you in your tracks. And we have to work on that. No one is better than you. It's just they are different than you. I agree with that 100% because I have a lot of clients who say, well, I can network with someone on the same level as me or in a similar job as me. But once I start to network with someone who has hiring capacity, a CEO, a VP, a director, then I start to really get so anxious and nervous and shut down. And even if I'm in this conversation, the conversation gets messy because I just have all of these feelings about myself in relation to this person. And so tell me, when it comes to those thoughts, how do you help your clients or how did you help yourself really clear those so that you could step into networking and they could step into networking in a really powerful way? Great question. So I want to first address the three main roadblocks I see the most often with thoughts when it comes to networking, which is wondering if I have any value to share. Secondly, thinking that you have to say the exact right thing or be qualified in a certain way to network, and that thinking that networking has to look or be a certain way. So those are the three main roadblocks that my clients tend to have and that I see most often when I'm supporting with professionals to network. And to get over that, the main thing I do with my clients and other professionals is to get clear, is really gain clarity on who you really are as a person, as a professional, what are your skill sets, and then how are we clearly going to communicate that? Because when you have clarity for each of those parts of yourself as a professional, that intimidation factor will start to minimize because you're coming from a space of knowing and of knowledge and of expertise about who you are and what you bring to the table. And when you have information, you can speak more confidently and more at ease. It's when you go into that conversation, ready to give that other person all of the power and thinking they have everything to offer and you have nothing to offer. That's where that power dynamic and that discomfort comes in. I love that. I love those three things that are holding people back, those three thoughts that are traditionally holding people back. And I have to say, I agree with that. Where does, this one comes up a lot. I don't want it to feel transactional. I don't want to feel like I'm asking someone for something. Where does that thought lie? And do your clients have that? And how do you help them clear that one? Because it's almost kind of like, I notice this. It's either I'm not good enough or I have nothing to add. But then that one of like transactional, the asking for help, guidance, support, assistance seems to be really challenging for women of color. Did you experience that? Honestly, I did. And for me, that went away pretty quickly because of something my mother always says to me. (laughs) So she always told me, look, if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. So that stuck with me. And I thought, you know what? I'm the only one who will ask for myself. And I want women to know that. I want my clients to know that. I want your clients to know that. I want everyone listening to know that. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. So I, I acknowledge 100% that that part, that transaction piece that you're asking about, Jasmine, can feel uncomfortable. But again, people, when they focus on that, you're going in with the 
with the wrong, I hate to say wrong, but it is not as helpful or productive mindset when you're thinking about that transaction piece. When you go into a conversation with somebody, when you're network thinking, what can I get out of it? How can they help me? You're too focused on yourself. And listen, you have to be focused on you because it is about you. But the key to networking is to make it about them. That is how you add value. Because when you focus on them and are genuinely curious about their experience, their skill sets, how they got to where they are, what supported them, what, what stood out to them the most, et cetera, you are focused on them and you're still getting what you need for yourself and your goals, but you're making it about them. So that transaction piece has to um, be reframed for it to be a really powerful, productive conversation. That transaction piece will come back in, but you don't want to lead with that. That's not where you start networking. I will say networking is a little bit of a longer game. You need to build that relationship first. I love that. Yeah, it's it's almost kind of like, yes, the intention is to get information or learn things that can help you, but the energy of the networking conversation is just about listening and asking questions and listening. And so yes, I love that. Yeah, 100%. That's so dope. So that's a great tip. And I want to know what are like your top three networking tips that you just give out and it's like game changer? Start with who you know is one thing I would share with people. Because as you mentioned, people get intimidated, especially when you're trying to get in front of decision makers like heads of companies or hiring managers or recruiters. So don't, as I say to my clients, don't go for the gold right away. You know, don't start with that. The top, top people that you want to talk to warm up, get practice, start with who you know, because you do have a network. You mentioned earlier, Jasmine, that one of the number one things your clients say to you is I don't have a network. And I want to share with everyone listening. You do have a network, friends, family, trusted coworkers, people that you've gone to school with, that you work out with in your community. These are your network. So start with who you know, start having conversations because also ladies, we talk about a lot of things together, but we rarely talk about our careers. So we need to start talking. So start with who you know. The second tip is just do it. (laughs) Like Nike says, just do it. Because again, like I shared earlier, the practice, the more repetitions you have with networking, having conversations, exchanging value with others, the more it will become fluid, it will become easy for you. So do that. And then thirdly, but not last, as I mentioned earlier, where I really support my clients is getting clear, get very, very clear and specific about why you're networking with that person and what you want to um, share with them what you have to offer, again, what your skill sets are. Again, the more clarity you have, the more, more information you prepare yourself with, the less intimidating that conversation will be. Those will be my three tips. I love those three. There's so many, but those are my three. <laughs> yeah, those are great. I have to say your first one, all of them are absolutely fantastic. Your first one is one that I was talking to a client about today. 
And I was telling her because she was so anxious about going into networking. And I remember saying to her, start with the people you know and build your confidence from there. So yes, 110%, start with who you know. I also love how you said, you know, we as women don't talk about our careers enough. We also don't talk about our money enough. That's another one <laughs> to the high, to, to the hills, to the rooftops. But you're absolutely right. You know, every time you go out to brunch, that's your network. Those are your supporters. Every time you hit up the different spots you hit up, you're networking. And I, I think that we put professional networking and all of the other things that we do, which are also networking, in two separate buckets. And it makes it feel then like it's different. Exactly. And I love that you shared that. So I will say, um, I'll touch on two things. So you like the money and networking. So yes, Again, networking at the core of it is a conversation and we do this every single day. So again, if you live in a building like I used to, where you're in the laundry room with other people and you're doing laundry in the community space and you're talking to people, that's networking. If you're getting your latte at whatever coffee shop you go to and you bump into someone or you have a conversation with the barista, that's networking. So there's so many everyday interactions that we don't identify as networking, but we're actually practicing the art of networking and conversation that can be taken to a next level with professional networking. So I wanted to make sure that I acknowledge that. And then yes, in terms of money, yeah, we talk about the sale that we got on shoes or what we're spending on makeup or what our nails cost, or if you're in this beauty like I am, but we don't talk about our salary. We don't talk about um, bonus. We don't talk about our pay. We don't talk about you know how we get raises. So that is where we need to shift our conversation within our own friendship circles, within our own communities to start really talking about money in a different way. So that it becomes more commonplace when you are networking. Absolutely. I love that. And it helps us to truly understand that it's okay to talk about money. It takes away the stigma of it, and it makes us feel more empowered to have these conversations both inside and outside of the workplace, which I think is incredibly essential. There's such a stigma around money, and I'm not going to lie. I've got it too. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to talk about, but we got to break that down. So I'm so happy that you brought that up. You also brought up something a little bit ago that I've got to touch upon because I hear this one a lot too with clients. And now I've just learned to just sit on the Zoom and just stare at them. They say <laughs> all the time, like, networking takes a lot of time. This takes a lot of time. And I just stare at them because. I'm not going to argue that networking doesn't take time. I'm not going to change their mindset around that. Like, yes, reaching out to people, having conversations takes time, but it's valuable. And what I always like to say to people is, would you rather just be clicking the LinkedIn Easy Apply or applying and applying and applying and getting nowhere or actually be having conversations with people that create a sense of hope and possibility within you. So I want to know, do your clients kind of give you that same like, oh my God, this is taking forever. And how do you help them over the hump of networking is a long game? Great question. So yes, networking does take time. And so does looking for jobs online and applying and updating your resume and creating a cover letter. So it all takes time. But what I want people to really understand and recognize is that networking is equally a job search strategy, and it is incredibly important 
for the reasons that you mentioned, because not only are you putting yourself in front of opportunities, you are connecting with humans. And at the end of the day, humans and businesses make the hiring decisions. So the more that you can put yourself in front of individuals and professionals that are willing to speak with you, connect with you, get to know you, and you get to know them, that is going to exponentially serve you in so many ways throughout your job search. You're going to be able to have more insight, more information that is not available on those job boards or on those company websites that are going to give you information for your career and to, again, put you in front of the opportunities that you really want. So yes, it all takes time. It's a matter of where are you going to spend your time to get that return for your effort. Can I just like, can we just mic drop right now? Because I mean, <laughs> I had to write this down. You need to make this like your tagline or something. Humans and businesses make hiring decisions. That right there is, if you get nothing else out of this, please understand <laughs> this concept. It is not the damn ATS system. It is not your resume. It ain't LinkedIn. It is humans and businesses. (laughs) We just, that, seriously, put that on a t-shirt, Andrea, like, whatever. (laughs) You got to use that because that's good. That's a gem right there. And it's absolutely true. You have to get in front of humans. And I have to say, you know, I started this podcast off talking about being in toxic workplaces. And I talked about the cycle of toxicity. and. The only way that I got myself out of that was by having conversations with people and asking questions about companies, about managers, about culture. And these are the things that you can do as a woman of color in networking to make sure that you really do land in the right place for you to be successful as a woman of color. So I want to ask you, as a woman of color, What are some of the strategies that you really tell women of color to utilize in terms of networking to ensure that they don't land in these toxic work environments? Oh, that's such a big question for sure. And so in my business, I support women of color and also women of all backgrounds. But one of the biggest things to to help them ensure they're not landing in another toxic environment is again, to get really clear and specific about what it is in that environment that's making it toxic for them. You know, is it the company as a whole? Is it a certain person? Is it their manager? Is it their team? Is it a combination of things? Because that's a relationship. And if we jump from one relationship to another without understanding what's creating that toxicity, you won't be able to break the cycle. So my clients and I spend um, a decent amount of time together really understanding what is it that's not supporting them, what's not serving them, and why, and what their interaction is with each of those pieces so that we can move them away from that. I love that. I really do because I love how you started by saying what makes this toxic for you specifically because I think that's so incredibly important when we say a company isn't valuing me or I'm experiencing toxicity in the workplace. Sometimes it's just outright 
microaggressions, gaslighting. Sometimes it's straight up racism. But sometimes Mm -hmm. there's these things that are value misalignments that don't really work for us. And so I love how you said, like, really get into the nitty gritty about what are you experiencing and why is this a toxic workplace for you? And then break it down from there. So that's great. Thank you so much for that dope dope explanation. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to this saying because it was just it was just this good. (laughs) Humans and businesses make hiring decisions. I think we could just end right now. Like we could just end the podcast. That was that was dope. That was dope. So I also want to give a shout out to the group of people that I seem to encounter a lot. The career changers. And I love me a career changer. Like, oh my goodness. I love when someone comes up to me and says, you know what? I don't want to do this shit anymore. And I'm like, good for you. But of course, as a career changer, making that switch, change, pivot, transition can be really challenging. And to me, networking is a core foundation of making that happen. So what are your tips for our career changers out there in terms of using networking to really support them in this transition? So many things I could offer here because I am a professional career changer. (laughs) I've changed career successfully six times over the last 15 years with the biggest change overall going from a full-time position into a full-time entrepreneurship. And I've changed titles. I've changed industries, sometimes both at the same time. And I work primarily with career changers in my business as my clients. So again, one of the biggest tips I can give if you're when using networking for career changers is again, be clear on what it is that you are trying to figure out. I recognize that when you are searching for something new, you're not always going to know, or typically you're not going to know what it is that you want to do next, but there is a reason you're seeking a change. So again, getting clear on what is the main priority or reason you're seeking a change and start from there and ask questions from from that perspective first when you're networking. And as you get information and get clarity from that one question, then you can ask other questions. But really start with the primary reason first as a foundation of networking, and then you can build on that. But one of the biggest mistakes people make as career changers when they're networking is they try to ask too many things or try to gather too much information at the same time. So again, really get clear on what your starting point is or what your number one reason is for making that change or being curious about a change and go from there. I love that. That's great. It almost makes me think about a lot of women that I'm coaching right now are making career changes because they're really truly following more of their passion and purpose. So it's almost like connect to that deeper understanding of what's going on within you that really is igniting you to make this change and go from there. I think that's almost kind of like setting the intention, which is awesome. I love that. I was going to add, and I want women to know too, that there's nothing wrong with considering a career change for a personal reason. I have made career changes, like I mentioned, over six times in the past 15 years. Some were for personal, some are professional, and some were a combination of both. For example, when I met my husband and our relationship was really taking off, I was ready to take a pause at where it was at in my career. I was working 90 hours a week, which was crazy and had a lot of responsibilities on my plate and the role that I was in. And I wanted to shift my priority and my focus to really building our relationship and figuring out if he was going to be my forever person. And now he is, but that was the reason why I switched careers in that season of life. So, so many of us women put expectations on ourselves as to what 
is the quote unquote right reason to make a career change. If it feels right for you and you are shifting in your life and there's something that's a priority, that is reason enough and you can make a change. I love that. I love that. I love that. Because it, really, <laughs> it, it does. I really do. It makes me think a lot about values and how your values and what's important to you changes as you develop and grow as a human. And I remember, funny enough, when I was early on in my career, I wanted to be like the let's go, let's go. Like, let's get it all <laughs> done. I want to move up the corporate ladder. I want to make all this money. And then as, you know, I started my business later in my career, work-life balance was essential for me. Like I wanted yes. to be in a smaller team, smaller company. I didn't want to have to be exhausted when I came home and not be able to focus on building my thing. So yeah, it's it makes me think a lot of your values can change as you change in life. And you have to really think about that when it comes to your career. Your career is connected to your life. So as your life yes. changes, your career has to change. Exactly. Yes. Amen. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's awesome. I do remember when I was married, though, I was uh, I was still all up at work, which maybe contributed <laughs> to that not working. But well, well, well that's a, that's another podcast. <laughs> but um, we yeah, get a whole other is, conversation about dating. Yeah, I know. You know, the funny thing is, I keep saying that I'm going to have a relationship coach on this podcast and interview them to see how similar the advice would be between career coaching and relationship coaching because it's so similar. It's the I same make dating analogies. It's the same damn thing, and I make dating analogies with my clients all the time. They like wait yes. for it during the session. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I do the same exact thing. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, now you know what I'm talking about. The rebound job and the rebound <laughs> partner are the same exact same thing. thing. Okay. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Been there. Been there in both parts of my life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Me too. And I don't want any of that ever again. So Me yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's on my to-do list is to find a uh, relationship expert and have some fun there. But neither here nor there. I have another question for you about career changers because one of the things that holds career changers back in my mind is this thought of how do I transfer my skills or my skill set and my experience to the job or career I want next. So how can you utilize networking to actually make that happen? Like how can you use networking as a way to understand how to pivot your experience or talk about your experience to match the jobs you want next? Yeah, so this is a really invaluable part of networking is to get information about how skills will transfer. So I'll use myself as an example. Um, when I was working in the most of my career, I was in healthcare and I worked in various different jobs. And one transition that I made with, within healthcare was going from HR. I was an HR business partner and I moved from that job into operations where I was managing a really big team. And I was went from what you would call the back of the house to the front of the house and business. So I was supporting teams from an HR perspective. Then I went into a managerial role where I was su supporting teams on the front line, if you will. And I had to really understand, like I mentioned earlier, what my skills were first before I could ask anyone about them. So once I understood what my core skill sets were, I started to network with people that had the job that I wanted. 
And I would ask them, you know, what does this look like for you? What are you the main skills that you're using every day? What does that really look like? How are they showing up? What are the challenges with those skills? What are the benefits of those skills? And really understanding, again, how those skills were showing up and were present in that role in a variety of ways. And again, that's not something that you're going to necessarily get or be able to extract from a job description or from a company website. That again is that human to human interaction and connection that's going to give you that information. So, but first, again, you have to start and have knowledge about what it is that you're trying to translate so that you can ask questions about it. I love that. That's awesome. So what I'm hearing you almost kind of say is like networking really can be the key to understanding how to market yourself. 100% because when you ask those types of questions, you are going to essentially get a sample set from a variety of professionals in that job that you want and have so many examples of how they use their skills, how they talk about their skills, the way those show up. And then you can help yourself connect the dots to your own experience and present examples on your resume to the job that you want. So you're helping yourself connect the dots without creating something out of thin air. Or struggling, for example, on your own. Absolutely. That's so great without pulling something out of thin air, which I think a lot of us try to do because we're scared of networking or don't want to ask for help or any of the other dirty thoughts we talked about at the beginning. So we've Mm -hmm. come full circle here. And you have dropped some serious gems on us today around networking. And I've had a blast chatting with you. But before we talk a little bit about where everyone can find you and what you're up to, I do have a question that I have to ask you. During the course of my career, there were many moments where I said, damn, I wish I had known that. And (laughs) I feel like we don't have enough support as women of color. So I want you to tell us, if you could go back to the younger version of your career self, what's some advice that you would give her, what's some advice you'd give this woman who's really trying to make career success happen for her? What would you tell her? Oh, so many things. And she's the reason I coach. (laughs) She is the reason I coach women the way that I do now and help other women find their, their best path and their possibility. Two main things I would tell her. One, don't let someone else's fear dictate your success. And I say that because again, I have insane respect for my parents. They came to this country as, you know, immigrants. They had nothing, literally had nothing and dared to give me and my sister a better life, but they were scared of what success outside of what they wanted could be. And like many, like many first-gen children, I inherited that fear from them and built my career on that fear first. And it took a lot of effort and a lot of work to undo that fear for myself and figure out what I wanted for myself and how I could create that success and career path for myself. So I would tell her to let go of that fear earlier if she could. And then the second piece would be (laughs) network, (laughs) would be talk to everyone who will sit down with you and have a conversation because that is how I built my career was through the power of conversation with other people is how I was able to have such a successful career and now I'm able to support so many other women. 
I'm going to have to say that I, I wish I could tell my younger self to network more for sure, 110%. I don't think I did it enough in the early stages of my career, like I think most women. And uh, I would give that advice for sure. And I really loved your advice to yourself about not letting other people's fears dictate your path. That's a tough one because our families, our parents, they grow up a certain way and they work their butts off to give us the privilege <laughs> to think and do differently. And so we yes. have to take that privilege of thinking and doing differently because that's where their hard work really pays off. So I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all of these gems. And now I have to know, where do we find you? Where do we follow you? And if someone wants to really work with you to hammer down their networking, which everyone should, what's our next step? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. Jasmine was one of the first coaches I followed on LinkedIn and admired her from afar <laughs> for a long time. And now we're real life best friends, which is pretty cool. Yes, so we thank are. you. Yes. So the power of networking brought us together, of course. So People can please, I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, practice networking. I'm on LinkedIn all of the time. I share content five days a week. So that is the best place to find me. And if you want to learn more about how to network and best practices for this, I am running a networking masterclass where I'm going to be interacting with you for 90 minutes and sharing all of my tips and tricks and best practices for networking. It is coming at you Friday, April 14th. And I'll be sharing lots of updates and details about it on LinkedIn. But that would be the best way for you to connect with me and start to work with me to get networking into your job search strategy. I absolutely love that. I actually sat in on one of your mini classes for networking. And I said this in the beginning of the chat today, this episode I was taking notes and I'm not lying. I'm going to take a picture and post this on Instagram after. I have my pink notepad here with notes and I'm going to say it again. Humans and businesses <laughs> make hiring decisions. I wrote that down. Okay. Okay. So gems were dropped. Gems were dropped and there are going to be so many dropped during this masterclass. And let me just say, I am so proud of you for stepping into this because this is your shit. Like this is all you. This is 110% your story. And so I'm just really proud of you for creating this masterclass. I know so much work is going into it and there's just going to be so much value for everyone that participates. So just want to give you kudos for that. I know how much effort goes into that. Everyone you have to follow Andrea on LinkedIn. I'm saying that because she's an amazing coach and because she's she's just an amazing human, but she's also an amazing friend. So that means everything to me, Jasmine. Thank you so much. It's it's incredible to share my story with others and give them the opportunity to build their careers through the power of networking. It means so much to me to do that. So thank you. Awesome girl. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, please do follow Andrea. The links for her on LinkedIn, as well as her masterclass are going to be in the show notes. And I have to say, everyone, network, okay? Network. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we have yes, to do, do it. it. We have to do this. So until next time, thanks so much, everyone. See you in the next episode. That's all for today's show. 
Now that you know what you know, it's your move. So girl, get out there and make it. And if you have suggestions for topics you'd like me to talk about in the next episode, perhaps something that might help you get unstuck, then let me know by sending a DM on our Instagram page, at Her Next Career Move. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe to the show to support our movement to flood the work world with dope women of color ready to take it over.